Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. I'm happy to have um, Amanda Johnson on um, the program today, and I'll tell you a bit later why um, Amanda's here, but Amanda, introduce yourself. Hi. I'm, uh, gosh, I don't even know what to say. I'm 35. I live in Texas, but I'm a, a liberal or I lean liberal. It's, it's interesting. I work in ed tech. Um, I'm a single mom to a seven-year-old son on the spectrum. And I am a student in that I am learning all sorts of stuff. Uh, lately regarding race and racism and whiteness and racial justice. All right. So we're going to start with, because I really want to get into this conversation. And the reason um, I invited Amanda on, and you guys know, I have no white woman perspective. I don't have a white perspective. So I find it valuable to bring in white people to talk about this and to, to, to talk about what they're learning and why they're learning it and, and and what they thought before they started learning it and all these other things. So uh, we'll start with our usual two questions. Um, Why is it important to cause a scene and how are you, Amanda, causing a scene? It is important to cause a scene because shit needs to change. I mean, the way that that things are right now, the lack of equality, the the overpresence, which is not a word, but we're just going to go with that right now, of white supremacy, you know, the, the supremacy of white supremacy. Um, aside from a moral angle of it not being right, it's just, it's ruining everything. It's this, this poison, this cancer. And, you know, people, we like to think, I mean, Black people already know all of this, but since this is uh, definitely a newer notion to me or a newer realization, you know, and then like once you see it, you just see how it's just tendrils everywhere and how it's like choking every part of of our people, our culture, all these things that we claim to want and, and to hold dear to us. Ooh. And um, I'm causing a scene by learning always learning. Oh, Kim, you, you know, you've seen, I am always learning. And one of the, I hate that one of the ways that I learn best seems to be by making mistakes, primarily because I don't like the fact that other people are harmed when I make mistakes. Like I understand mistakes are useful. Um, I do, but just the fact that somebody else gets the raw end of the deal, whether it be small or big, really doesn't sit well with me. But um, by learning, uh, as I learn, I try to help others learn. And uh, by being like, hey, I have like a a folder on my bookmarks um, called Racism Work. And it's where I have all the links to to articles that are um, 
you know, really easy to understand. Most of them are written by black women. Um, some of them are written by, uh, you know, people, other people of color, but let's face it, most of them are written by black women. Um, and they, they lay it down and they're easy to understand. And so I try to do that. And I, I listen, I do a lot of listening. I could do more listening. And then I try to, like I said, keep learning not only from, from people, but also, uh, my history. Like right now I'm listening to, um, Isabel Wilkerson's The Warmth of Other Suns about the, the migration of black people from like the South to the North. And so, you know, I'm, I'm boning up on my history on my own. Yes. The people in the present right now. So I'm happy you bring that up because this is, this is fundamentally what I find to be a barrier. It's a fundamental barrier to any of this work. When you hear people say, why are you seeing, what's wrong with you? You're being divisive. You see race everywhere. You see white supremacy everywhere. It's the level of ignorance that white people have of their own history blows my mind. And I know it was intentional. I know it's intentional. But the lack of wanting to know that if someone is, if, if not just someone, if millions of people are saying you're incorrect because you're missing a lot of the story. I mean, we're, okay, let's be honest, we're in tech, we're geeks, right? If we didn't know all the parts of Star Wars, we'd be freaking the fuck out. We'd be like, oh, that's wrong. Something's wrong with the storyline, blah, blah. People can, people can trace the lineage, the, the, the archetypes of Star Wars back and forth. But when people are telling you that the white experience is uniquely white and no one else is having that experience, and not only that no one else is having that experience, but the experience that others are having are harm, are, we're being harmed because your experience requires so much of us. Yeah. And you have no desire to check that. That's a whole different level of, I don't even know what the word is. This is a whole different level of not giving a fuck. I mean, that's, that's what you can, what you can say about it. And I, and one, I want to talk about one of the reasons I brought you on here is because I've seen you. Hey, white people, don't bother them. Send, um, I have links. And so, you know, you have questions about this. This is my take on here. Come to me. I have questions. I mean, I can answer some questions. Um, uh, and you've done that really well. And yet, and I'm going to commend you for this. And I, and people know, I, 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 I um, give credit where credit is due, particularly in white people. When you make mistakes, you're like, oh shit, own it and learn better. Because, um, and I want to, and I want to, and well, this is the reason I wanted to bring you on here because there was a specific incident that we had, a situ situation on Twitter that I think white people can learn from. Because you often, and this is why white people can't take the lead on these things because you don't have the perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate um, you saying, hey, instead of causing emotional labels to these black women who are doing this work, these are the things I've learned from them. Let me explain this to you. But a situation arose when someone um, I was in, having an engagement with saw you as an expert slid into your DMs, and because you didn't have the perspective, you said, oh, this person's learning. And when I checked you on that, you were like, you, you, were, you were like, oh, but 
I mean, you weren't denying it, but you didn't see it until the next few tweets. And you were like, oh, shit. (laughs) Because it's so insidious. You don't, it's just like, we see the pattern. I mean, we we see the first tweet and we're like, we already know where what, what this is going to happen. We already know what path this is. But what I can tell you is, although you made mistakes, you'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> so explain to the explain to the listeners what actually happened from uh, your perspective. I don't remember what her name was. We'll just say Sally. Sally yes. sounds like a good white lady name. <laughs> Um, I don't want to say Becky because that's just, you know, but, uh, Sally, God, she was, she's one of those, those ladies that's like, I'm a firebrand, which means I'm a say whatever I want and to hell with all y'all. But anyway, um, you had commented on something, um, in, I mean, what I think was your normal fashion, which I don't think is attacking. It's like, holding up a mirror. It's like, hi, this is, this is white supremacy. Um, and she just went fussy and was like railing on you and attacking you and just like, and then I was trying to be like, Hey, you know, this is what she means. Um, or this is what she's referring to. And basically I was being nice, like uh, giving into that, that, you know, how they're always telling people to be civil and to have these, these nice tones. And then, um, I guess she took that as then I guess. And then the way I was wording it was screwing it up too, is I was like, Hey, I have this information and I have this stuff. And, and she, she kept thanking me for being so civil or things like that. And that should have, I mean, those should have been like big because right there, that's some passive aggressive shit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, thank you for being so nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? No. And I'm just over there being like, oh, I'm going to give her these articles and she's going to read these articles <laughs> and still kind of understand and da, da, da. And no, and then I sent I sent you a DM being like, "Look, she might be learning," and you were like, "Oh no!" no. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You sent me the DM. Yeah. yeah, that's how I found out. You sent me the DM, and you were so excited, and I was like, "Oh, sorry to bust your bubble on this." Yeah, and then you said that, and I was just like, "You said, oh shit, mine was fuck." <laughs> <laughs> that's normally my thing. Is fuck, <laughs> and then I'm sitting there. All right, this is how I screwed up. How do I, like you said, how do I own it? How do I properly, like, you know, show this is how I fucked up. This is how I will not, this is why, or this is, you know, how I know it's how I fucked up. Because I don't want to just be like, oh, I fucked up. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I'm in this really great group um, run by a a woman named Leisha Michelle um, called uh, Real Talk. It's like women of color and allies against something in anti-oppression. I can't remember the whole name. It's a Facebook group and, and uh, these, these wonderful women of color work with us <laughs> and try to not only teach us stuff, but also explain to us the importance of, of understanding when we do harm and how to apologize. Anyway, sorry, off track. I do that. But yeah, the lady started being passive aggressive and I sent you the DM and you were like, no, and then I was like, fuck. And then she continued on. And 
she continued and I I tried to step back and was like emphasizing it's like no 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 I learned everything I know from black and brown women <laughs> this is not me but you know she she had already bit onto that that oh well you know I'll listen to the nice white lady yeah and then and it, it comes it stems from um again white supremacy and giving white people the benefit of the doubt and this is where you made your mistake you saw something that you were like, oh, if I can get her to do this one thing. And this is why ally, um, I have no desire to collect allies or followers because it's about demonstrating consistent behavior. Um, now, I'll, um, I'm an educator. So when someone, a student, does something that for the first time they've never done before, yes, I'm going to congratulate them, but I'm still going to hold them to, okay, let's make sure this is consistent behavior and not some fluke or you're trying to play. And this is what happens is when white people particularly jump into these things and they have to, because again, as you see, my, my expertise meant absolutely nothing to her. It has to be, it, it, but although it has to be we cannot let them get off. They cannot, it, no one is learning this. Sh- okay, you are in a Facebook group, you are reading, you are listening materials. We, you have to stop thinking, whiteness has to stop thinking that this is a switch that turns on. There is no way she was gonna get it in that conversation we had. And that's where you made your mistake because you, you, have to, you didn't see, you didn't equate her to what the work you're doing. You're working your ass off to understand this. This is a person who's arguing with me in public. And I don't even remember what the hell it was about. It was some white shit. It's probably about white women um, because she was, oh, so, and just so, oh, yeah, it was something, it was about civility because it's always, um, we're on, I'm on your side um, and I'm trying to be an ally, all this other bullshit. And um, this is where I want white people, because you need to do this work. You have to do this work. But you cannot let people who've not done the work get by with, because it's just like a kid when you've said something to them, you're like, yeah, 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 I got it. That's what that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But not only that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the credit because you're the not, you, you gave it to me in a way that I was not uncomfortable, in a way that fit me, in a way that I can still hold my head up and be this ally and be this thing that I say I am. Whereas me, I don't give a f- I, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna ch- tear all that down because you need to see that this is not who you are. You know, this is all a facade, and your facade is hurting people. So tell, let's talk about because I did challenge you. I really did challenge you. How did that feel? Because, and again, I want to have honest conversations because everybody thinks this is easy or they're not supposed to make mistakes. We're trying to create a world that never was meant to exist. White supremacy has been a part of our global economy since slavery. And before then, I know it was intentional with slavery, but you see it in the, with the church, you see it with, you know, all these other things. But white supremacy is an intentional strategy when it came to slavery and how the United States and the colonies and people who benefited from the colonies, which was every fucking body, um, how white supremacy is now ensconced is the root of our, our, of who we are. And so tell me, and so this is why I want, like I said, to bring white people on here to talk about this because we're trying to create something that never existed. I make mistakes all the time because I not only have to unpack whiteness, but now I have to unpack how whiteness affects me every day. So that's like juggling all this other shit. So when people see that I'm 
not on Twitter or I've been quiet. It's because I've had to go inside to really internalize these two different things because they're like fragments. So tell me how you felt. I mean, I want you to be the honest person. How you felt when I challenged you? Um, so, oh, no, my brain's like, okay. So the very first time I was ever challenged is probably a story that, that you might want at some point because that's when I really felt the discomfort. Um, no, this is the story I want right now then. Tell me about that story. Uh, so full white woman mode. Not that I can get out of that because... But the day after Trump was elected, I posted a Facebook status about how I didn't understand why people were so upset. Nothing changes, you know, it's just another politician, la da 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 da. And I had an acquaintance on my list who is a black woman who I greatly respected because she was very proud of her blackness and, you know, like strong black feminist. But I, I, you know, she was also like part of the friend group. Um, so I wasn't really close with her. And honestly, I live out in, in white suburbia, so I'm not close with a lot of people of color. And she responded trying to explain, you know, this is why. And I responded back with, I, I'm trying to remember if the fragility was at that point or if it was the, the well, I still just don't, da, 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 da. you know, it's like, did, did the condescension come first? Okay, okay. Fragility. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so she eventually was like, you're not here for me and mine and unfriended me. And I was just like, you know, what? I just, what? And um, a mutual friend of ours messaged me and was like, hey, a white friend, mm-hmm. like, hey, you remember when you wanted me to tell you if you were ever being an asshole? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She's like, you're being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of set me on that. And then I started looking into stuff. I read um, that essay by Shannon Barber about, um, I can't remember the title of it but it's where she's talking about how white people have noticed that like the house is on fire and black people have been like, we've been telling you the house is on fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. And now you're trying to put the fire out and we're just like over here being like, we told you the house is on yeah, fire. Exactly. Exactly. But, exactly. Um, you know, in that essay. And that's what started me toward um, pulling my head out of my ass about whiteness and white supremacy. It was like that, that was a wake up call for a lot of people, which is so interesting for black people because uh, we it's like mm. <laughs> now for us to have said what you said would have been like, yeah, mm-hmm, nothing changes for us. Um, it's going to get a little harder. Uh, we're going to have to figure out how to adapt so we're safer because it's always we've always had white supremacy in the White House. It's just never been out in the open like it is now. I mean, they don't give fucks about anything. So, wow, that's a good, and so you've just been on this journey basically for two years. Yeah, even then it still like was, I, you know, I didn't really know how to go about it. So like I started with like trying to find authors on Medium and then, and then I found the group. And then one of the suggestions in the group was like, follow 
black people on Twitter. If you want to know what is really going on in their lives, it's like, cause I don't currently have a lot of access. I'm getting better about it. We've got a liberal women's group and there are some, some women of color in there and they're amazing. But I just, I was like, I don't have a lot of, of it in my life and I need to change that so I know what the fuck is going on. And I want to stop you right there because I want you to pick up later, but this is something that has been said about Twitter and about whiteness. Twitter is the first time that many of you have ever encountered or had relationships with people of color, period. You have been so segregated and and people are thinking it's black. People of color have been segregated. No, whiteness has been segregated. And so I, want, I just wanted to bring that up because that is a pivotal point that many of you have never had any personal experiences ever question your experience related to blackness because you've never had us around. I think that's spot on. I agree with you 100%. I mean, it was like, you know, now talking to people and they're like, well, I don't know. They're playing the race card or whatever. I'm like... So come to Twitter, <laughs> just follow them. I just followed people for a long time before I attempted to even, you know, say hi or, or comment on stuff. And it, no, it's an, it's a, an incredible eye opener. And then I feel, you know, you almost feel like, it's like, well, they're not, y'all aren't meant to be like, this movie that we watch, but you also want to have to know what's going on and be like, okay, you know, and that's where y'all will, will share your, your stories and, and, and are able to tell us what your reality is. And I, I appreciate it. So I cannot imagine how hard it is for y'all to just reach into, you know, your chest and pull out your heart and be like, see Twitter. This yeah. Is my life. yeah. And this is why I say black women are the moral compass of this country, um, because if it weren't for us doing the work that we've done throughout the, the generations, this would be a real shit show. Um, so now ooh, that, that was a really powerful story. And thank you for sharing that. Tell me how it felt when I challenged you. Um, when you challenged me, it was uh, so I'd been following you for a little bit. I have great respect for you. Like most of the people I follow on Twitter, I'm, you know, I admit it. I get a little like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, but it's because I respect you and I, I, I love listening to you. And so when you said it, it was, it was fuck, but it was kind of like, man, of all the people I don't want to disappoint, it's the people that I respect and learn from. So that's the first, I'm like, fuck, I fucked up with Kim. Man, that sucks. And then I'm like, okay, but she's teaching me still. And that was something I really appreciated because I know that, that often people will just be like, oh no, we're done now, bye. And I don't blame y'all after having, you know, tried to explain it to some unholy number of people, you know, a lot of times if we screw up once, you know, it's just like, bye. And so I was, I was also grateful that you were, you were continuing to interact. I was like, okay, I'm not going to disappoint her like this again. What did I do? What am I missing? Um, and then when I was like going through your stuff and what you were saying, cause I still, I, I totally believed you that I had screwed up and I was like, okay, I'm still not seeing it though. 
like, I got to work on this until I can see how I screwed up or where it was. And you, you kept messaging a few times and I can't remember which message it was, but then like the little light bulb went on and I was like, Oh my fucking God, that's what she meant. And then of course I could see it now. And then it's just like, Oh, Kim is always right. Which I know, you know, is not the nice, not, not, I'm sure it's a very nice thing to say, but it's not, you know, it's not like the. No, it's not a nice thing to say in the fact that it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, responsibility, which black women have all the time. Um, The reason I'm going to put this in, I don't engage with many people like that. I don't engage with 99.9% of people like this. Um, I engage with you because I've seen the work that you were doing. Um, and that, again, is why my default to whiteness is mistrust until it demonstrates um, something. And the fact that when I challenged you, it wasn't like, you don't know what you're doing. I'm trying. What, you know, it wasn't that. It was, damn, I don't. And I knew you were struggling with that. Um, and again, it's the educator in me. Um, I'm willing to reach out and help and make you really uncomfortable so you can see what the thing is if that's something I feel benefits me. I'm just going to be honest Um, because your voice out there doing this work and challenging other people has been like many um, in the community, in the hashtag causes scene community takes a load off my, because I, 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 as you, I really don't respond to many people. Um, I rarely directly respond to white people. Um, I usually, um, quote, um, you know, a comment retweet, um, because I don't, I'm not here to directly engage with your bullshit. What I do want to do is highlight it for the rest of the community so that you can see what's going on. Right. That is a lot less effort for me and a lot less energy and emotional labor for me to do it that way than to actually engage with these individuals. But she, she came into a thread or something. And I think I was, I think I was um, commenting, um, retweeting her as well. And then her responses, because I don't think I was saying anything directly to this woman. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up. I don't, we don't need hero worship. Right. We need white people to get to fucking work. And this is the problem that I'm having. This is, so I have a little over, I think I have 5,500 followers. There is no way in hell that, let's say, there are, there are too many of you who are sitting back and doing nothing and not engaging. There is a core group of individuals who are always, I don't care what time of day it is, what time zone, somebody's jumping in and saying something. There are too many of you who are, and, I, and I'm going to make this assumption, are okay with me doing the emotional labor. And that I have a problem with. That I have a big problem with. Because this is why we're not getting anywhere on these issues. This is why you continue to benefit and be comfortable with white supremacy, even though you may say, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. What are you doing to dismantle it? And if you're not actively doing anything to dismantle it, you're complicit in it. And that is the bottom line. And this is why I don't trust whiteness by default, because there's too many of you who don't do shit. You want to talk about, oh, if I get one more tweet talking about how sorry I am, there's something. Don't be sorry because of the experience. Hell, I've experienced this my whole damn life. What I need you to do is actively do something. Right. And it begins with educating yourself. It begins with you recognizing, fuck, I don't have the whole story. And that's just, 
that can be very benign. That doesn't have to be, per- I don't have the whole story. I mean, when you have kids and some everybody, you're like, uh-uh, this ain't it. I'm not getting the whole story. Right. <laughs> you, you actively work to get the whole damn story. I don't understand why whiteness is so lazy or, or, or okay with not wanting to know the whole story. Not, not going below the surface. I mean, it like I try to think back to the mindset, and you just think you know the whole story. And I guess if you're yeah. not, yeah. And, and like I said before, I really got into Twitter. I wasn't hearing all these voices being like, "You don't know the whole story." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you don't know these, and 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 that feeds right back into what you were emphasizing to me, where I went wrong with that way, that lady. It's like you need to emphasize to listen to people of color and black women and brown women. It's like, you are not the expert. You are amplifying the expert. Yes. And I'm like, yes, yes, that's perfect. Yes. Everyone in the hashtag called the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, Lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag cause like, yes, uh, yes, that's perfect. Yes. And this is another thing you just brought up is too many white people are now cashing in on the expertise of brown and black uh, people, particularly white, black, brown, and black women, and this is why um, I have a for-profit business. This is why um, I challenge. Like we're coming to the end of the year, and this community needs to make sure that I have money to pay my mortgage. I'm sorry, I'm not doing this shit for free. Um, and this is where the problems come, are because everybody's comfortable. Everybody, or you think you're tweeting, and that's enough. No. This is this is my job. Just like you go to the job and you choose to get paid. You want if your direct deposit is not in your account, you're pissed off. This is my job. I've ch- yes, I've chosen to do my job, but this community has told me it has value and you retweeting me is not valuable. I mean, it, it's okay, but I need financial compensation for the things that I do. And this is where again where we get the pushback it's um, it's every particularly in tech, who has the we, where we have this, you know, this open source mindset. This is not open source shit. When you're watching watching brown and black women, particularly black women in the United States, tell their stories. This is coming from a place of they're trying to heal themselves. You're not. How gross is that to be a voyeur in their pain, and you do nothing actively to minimize that moving forward? Yeah, I don't. I. Uh, I'm a relatively empathetic person that kind of gets in my way sometimes. So that's why, like, once I started learning and started realizing these things, it's sometimes hard for me. I, I'm like, but there, all this shit is happening. Why don't you care? Because yeah. yeah. these people are being harmed and hurt and killed and they're having to... I, yeah, and then you see... Um, now, this episode is not going to air until November, but, you know, you see, we just had the Kavanaugh and he, how, he is an atypical white man who, how dare you challenge my privilege and how dare you say that I did not work hard? It's like, dude, do you not know what 
where you grew up with, the schools you went to, the network you have, all of that benefited. And the path, somewhere along the line, your path had, had been laid out that I'm going to Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't me. I went to seven different colleges trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do because no one taught, I had no path. I had to figure this out. Now, thankfully, all this different, all these different places I was in has helped me to be a very good educator and, and because I understand all these different things. So I'm almost 50 and it's finally coming together. But you started in high school, in college, understanding where you're going and not only understanding where you're going, but having the network and the support to help you get there. What was it? He was like, I busted my butt. And then they were like, he went to this elite preparatory school. I'm like, Dude, don't get me wrong. I have white privilege. Like, but sometimes you're just like, you may have a little bit more. And that is another thing that isn't as is, is an issue. Whiteness is so insistent on upholding white supremacy that those who are not, and it's so few of them who are at his level, you have people in these rural, no, I'm not even gonna say rural, you have people in rural and urban environments who are barely, white people who are barely scraping by, but will amplify, protect, support, scream and holler about these individuals who are not doing anything for you. You have more in lines in your lifestyle with people of color than any of these individuals, but yet um, you will, you will um, fight for white supremacy, and you see it in, in white feminism as well. You, see, you know, you have women who will, well, I already said this, white women are the reason that white supremacy still exists, um, has, because you breed white supremacy. This is your job. Your job is to, in the, if a nail is coming out of the wall of white supremacy, it is your job to put that nail back in and to argue with anybody who suggests that that nail should not be put back in. Um, you're doing the work of the patriarchy, which you claim to rail against, except when it comes to race. Right. Because then we'll lose our fragile second place, our illusion of yes. second place on the tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When all you are is a breeding. I mean, are you, that is your role. Um, and it's really interesting to me when I sit back and it, it, it really, it's a really, it's a real mind fuck to know because I can tell you, I'm only learning this. I'm, I'm, I grew up in this stuff. It's so, it's so insidious that it makes it, it is designed to make people of color think that we're the problem. So it's only that now that we've been able to connect via Twitter and social media is that we're like, wait a minute, you having the same issue in Australia? Wait a minute, wait a minute, you having the same? And it's like, wait a minute, then this can't be me. <laughs> this has to be a system in place. So I'm also learning alongside you, but I'm having the extra burden of making sure that even as vocal as I am, I know that there are certain things and certain ways that I cannot speak because that puts me at at risk. I have already um, done um, things to make sure my personal information is is wiped from the internet um, because I don't want people to dox me. Um, I'm making sure that you know, everything I have is two-step authentication on my accounts because I know what happens when, when vocal brown and black people say, I'm not doing this shit anymore. Um, and it, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And this is the point that whiteness doesn't get. Although you may, Amanda, 
be empathetic and 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 see the 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 injustice in it all you do not have a daily reminder that at any moment your life can be taken and someone can justify doing that or your job can be taken and someone can justify doing that or your home can be taken and or your kids can be taken and somebody justifies doing that this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're grappling with. And the reason that it took, you're only seeing it in, in again, two years. I mean, you know, um, after the day after Trump is because for the first time, it's been thrown into white people's face. It's a parasite that is now eating on itself, is eating on its host. And you've been the host, but you've never, I mean, people, black men have been getting killed by the police for years. But the narrative is always they must have done something wrong. Why are they running? What is the problem? They're running because they're going to get fucking shot. Right. And then you look at these young white men who can go in a school and shoot it up or go wherever and shoot it up. And yet they're arrested without harm. What is it? Um, Blissful ignorance. That's what I think of when I think of before, you know, uh, that woman was like, you are not here for me and mine. Because I was, I was. Pretty typical, you know, I'm a good little white feminist and... and white liberal. Yep. You are the biggest, <laughs> that is the biggest barrier. And it's like, and I, you know, I treat everybody equal. I didn't oh, say yeah. it's colorblind, but yes. I treat people equally. And then, yeah, this blissful ignorance. And, and I mean, yeah. And I want to bring in, if you don't mind, because I'm a um, certified special needs teacher. And so you say you have a son on the spectrum. It's the... <laughs> It's, it's, it's a level of, because you, you and, I, and I actually think parents or people are, are, are more empathetic when you have to deal with a system that um, marginalize your child because of disability, because I've seen it. I mean, I've been in so many situations where I'm, I, I was the teacher, but yet I recognize that I also had to educate the parents because they didn't know what the hell the system was doing to their kids. And they were signing IEPs and they don't know what's going on or what their kid was, um, was um, legally entitled to. Or the fact that um, the majority of money that funds schools comes from out, when it's outside of, um, you know, home, home tax or whatever, you know, the, um, in the, 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 the tax you pay in your home, it, the majority of the federal funding for schools goes to special, comes from special needs, and yet those students don't get that money. Everybody wants to run around and make sure the FTP, I mean, not FTP, what is it called? Um, uh, the count um, twice a year when they have to do special needs kids. I can't even think, of, I'm still talking, thinking about um, technology, FTP. But it's a count that they do twice a year um, in October and um, another time in the spring where they actually, the school systems um, go and make sure that every special needs student is accounted for, is coded properly. So that because each student based on their disability gets a different uh, amount of money. And that money should, you would think, goes directly back to those special needs students, but it doesn't. It goes to fund the school system. And that is... Oh, when I started this, I did not realize I was going to draw that fucking analogy. But that is the analogy where all the work that black women are doing in this country is going to benefit everybody else. Damn, that's different. Okay, wasn't expecting to go down that, but that's where I I landed. (laughs) 
And you have like one of those, those, at least one of those moments on like each podcast you have, you're talking to somebody and you come up with this, this brilliant analogy and you're like, damn, <laughs> you need to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because this is, but this is how I process. This is how, this is how the only way I can make this work for my brain is to put it in some kind of context that I understand. And then I can say, okay, now I can manage this. Because right. if I just looked at white supremacy as what it was designed to do, um, black people should not be, we should still be slaves. Um, we should still be owned. Um, you have um, in, in, in situations where, you know, I, I, I don't know what's coming to my mind when I saw, just again, it's going to be a few weeks from now, but Kanye opening up on SNL. And a lot of the comments he's made um, recently about slavery. And in ways, I get it because what he was saying was in his reach, in his retelling of what he was trying to say was we need to amend the 13th Amendment because we're still in slavery. It's the internalized white supremacy and the fact that he and I'm just gonna, he has been so close to white privilege for so long, he forgets that, um, or he's forgotten that if no one knew him and he walked on the street, he'd still be having the same experiences as everyone else. Right. And so it's that internalized white supremacy to say that we're equal and we're not. I don't care how far you get, there's a white person who's gonna say, no, 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 sir. No, 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 ma'am, you're not equal. You may be the exception. Like when you hear about Michael Jordan, everybody was, you know, everybody, but he's an exception. Whoopi Goldberg, not Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Oprah Winfrey, she's an exception. Um, Beyonce and Jay-Z, they're an exception. They don't see them as as black. They they fall into this small little group of, we taught, you're, you're better than other blacks, but yet you're still not white. Right. And so um, even with the Omarosa thing, people are like, oh, she can't come back to the picnic. She's I with what I've learned about white supremacy. I would never, ever again throw away a black person because I cannot say what their journey has been to survive, particularly knowing her story and, and growing up poor and her father and her brother being killed and all these tragic things that happened to her. How she felt she had to survive is how she felt when she had survived. Now she has to deal with the consequences of her actions like everybody else. But I would never say that Omarosa is no longer black or she's, she doesn't have her black card because this shit is so, as you said, the tentacles of this are just so, um, it grabs onto the soul and it takes a very, a person who can step back and reflect to see it because I, I, I no longer, I no longer, um, I'm very mindful when I see like people who are overweight now because, you know, we have this fat shaming culture. Um, I have, I'm very, and so I, I'm very, I'm like, damn, that could be me. This is another thing where I don't, I've never understood how blacks or particularly the black church could really against homosexuality, anybody that's marginalized when, after we've been treated the way we've been treated. But that's the system of white supremacy because if we're going against each other, we don't have the energy or the numbers to challenge the system. And, it, and that's what it happened. It can't be one person. It can't be a group of five people. It can't be these black and brown women who you're 
following on Twitter by themselves because this system does, does not get you, you value what we say. The system does not value what we say. So our, my, my, the thing that gets me is I have to do what I have to do to build an income so that I can train. And I tell people, this is what it is. I'm training my community to go out here and fight this thing because I can't. Yeah, I I can't. The Kavanaugh's of this world could give a shit about me. The no one and and no one cares except for these individuals, these 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 white people who know that something is wrong, don't quite know what it is, don't quite understand how they're participating in it, have no clue how to address it, but are willing to say, you know what? I do know something's wrong. So I'm just going to try to figure this thing out. And that takes action. And that is where the demonstration of you being an ally comes in. Um, Or you being somebody I trust with my life. I mean, that is just the bottom line. I have to trust you with my life. And the majority of whiteness, I just can't anymore. And And I recognize that I have for so long because that's what the system told me. Yeah. And then to recognize that the safety net you thought was there was actually a noose. That was a mind fuck that I really had. I'm still struggling with that. I'm still struggling with, as a black woman, who can, who can we trust? Right. Because many of our black men are anti-blackness. So it's like, it's like, wow, this is really, really a mind fuck. Can't imagine how lonely that must. I mean, it's lonely as fuck. (laughs) how fucking lonely it's like let's add that on there yeah yeah it's absolutely lonely and i can tell you that um i've recently um have a a a home with some extra bedrooms in it and there's a young lady who um a black young lady who i've invited to stay with me for a year while she um you know gets figure out what she wants to do and that has been and and she's so appreciative and i'm like this is about me as well this is equally about me because i'm lonely not a lonely for a man or earning it's, it's this is a psychological um loneliness that again it's like it's like this it, i was about to say like a, a a drip from a bucket but it's not even a drip from a bucket it's like pouring from a bucket it never gets filled it's it's like the more i think i, I i'm on stable ground i learn something else or i experience something else and i'm like fuck <laughs> you know and this is what white people need to understand it's not an end game. This is our lives. And if you're in this work, you have to be committed to doing the work. For the rest of your life. Yes, exactly. Oh, who was it? The, the gentleman that wrote the thing about walking through the valley of death. He compared doing the work to walking through the valley of death. And it's like, because it, it does, it ends when you die. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to, we're going to wrap this up, but I'm really looking forward to um, you providing, uh, I'm going to let Amanda provide as many resources on this show um, as possible. So I'm going to make sure she gets those to me so I can add them to this show notes so that um, we can start, you can really have an impact, Amanda, on helping other white people um, start this journey. Um, so in our final moments, is there, what do you have, what would you, what would you like to say? To the world or to you or? Whatever you like to say. Um, honestly, it just comes to you. I know that you 
don't necessarily have much of a choice to do what you do. You're like, no, I, I kind of want to live and I want my fellow people to live. So I do what I do, but thank you. Um, you teach me a lot. Um, I'm always happy when you put up the post for the cause of scene PayPal. Cause it's like, ah, yes, I can pay you for teaching me. Um, <laughs> but just thank you. And to all the other people, and like I said, it's usually black and brown women that, that get out there on Twitter and are trying to, to, to teach and not even just teach white people, but as you said, to teach other people of color who are suffering from all the damage of years and years of this, this system. Um, just thank you and know that there are those of us out there that are listening and really fucking appreciate it. Like, I cannot properly put it forth how much I appreciate the people that I learn from and continue learning from. Well, you're, um, I'm not even going to say you're welcome because as you say, this is what we do. We're just trying to build a community so we can be safe. Um, and, and the bigger the community gets and the more active white people get, the more we can move these things forward. And this is why I stay in the tech space because I have more influence on changing white supremacy in tech than overall. And then tech has influence on overall because it's in every industry and everywhere of once tech kind of figures this out, other industries that it affects, that it touches will have to change. So this is where I'm hopeful. This is why I'm hopeful because I'm in a space where I, um, yeah, I have I can leverage the little the, the the privilege I have and to demand because this is what tech is about. I am I'm able to demand change here without worrying about being physically harmed. So um I'm gonna thank you for the work you're doing. Um and yeah, it's and thank you for um being vulnerable and being honest because your words will resonate with some other white person who is having a similar experience or who's been challenging people um, and they don't know why people are pushing back on them. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Kim. All right, have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Causing Podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the hashtag Call the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the hashtag Call the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtag Call the Scene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.